What is up, everybody? Sean Sheehan back here with another edition of the Sheehan Show for Sherdog.com. And today I'm going to be looking ahead to some of the fights on UFC 273. And as I do that, I must tell you that BetUS.com is offering our listeners today an incredible 125% bonus on their deposits for that card at UFC 273. If you use the code Sherdog, you can get $2,500 in extra money to make fight night even better. At BetUS.com, you can not only bet on each fight, but they also have loads of awesome parlays to choose from. Bet live during the fights, and your winnings are paid within hours. So start the fight at BetUS.com and use the promo code SHERDOG. So let's get straight into the card here, because I want to look at, at a few fights. Obviously, um, the, the lads will be doing the, the full breakdown of the whole card, but I want to pick out a few specific fights here. I want to break them down, and I want to talk about them, because... You could almost pick out 10 fights in this card, honestly, to do it. This is such a great card with such such meaningful fights, such important fights. And even, you know, some up-and-comers who we're obviously going to uh, be talking about for the next few years. One of them is Ian Gary, which I'll get to second here. But the fight, I think, apart from the two title fights as well, which we will talk about, that stands out here is Gilbert Burns versus Ham- uh, Hamza Shemaev. Because this is your old-school proving ground fight this is this guy everyone has been talking about who we all think is one of the best in the world i i think i've picked him even at the start of the year my predictions to beat the champion and he's only had a few fights in the ufc and he's never really been tested at a massive little okay lee Zhang yang a very good test and Mershart in in ireland's own recent key is a very good test at a, at a certain level but at this level, he's never been there. He's never been at a Gilbert Burns sort of level. I was, I was talking to Gary the other day. I'm sure uh, people have watched it by now on, on the YouTube channel. Hopefully, it uh, should be up before this. And he was saying to me that he believes, and he said this a few times to me, that he believes Gilbert Burns is the best, or you know, up there with Usman as well, as the best in the world because of his skill set, because of his ability. You know, he can wrestle. He's great jiu-jitsu. He hits really, really hard. Okay, he has some flaws and some issues, but... If you're picking out issues with Gilbert Burns, you're just looking for issues, really. This guy is a top, top, top level fighter. So if someone like Shemaev, who's 10 fights into his career, as I said, hasn't had that many tests, if he can beat him, we know what level he's on. So it is... Before you get into... I haven't heard much trash talk or anything like that. I'm not sure if there has been any. Or before we get into the, the intricacies of maybe breaking down the fight, which I'll, I'll do briefly here in a second, that to me makes it exciting that to me makes it something you want to tune in for because whatever happens here something will be proven either it will be proven that Shemaev is a top top level fighter and that's not only proven with a win now you know he could go 15 minutes it could be back and forth with Burns it could be an absolute war and it, both of them could come out with, as winners or Burns could destroy him you know, <laughs> or like, like, let's say Shemayev destroys him and then we're thinking, oh my God, this guy is the best in the world. There's no stop. So there's something's going to happen. It's not it's not going to be one of those fights where, uh, look, now, you know, we don't know any more uh, about this guy. We don't know any more about this matchup. We don't know any more about the division. We will know more about the division. Now, look, if Burns goes in there and, win- and beats him. Maybe not from Burns' point of view. We know he's a very good fighter in that division, and he's still right there. But from Shemaya's point of view, win, lose, draw, whatever it might be, we will find out something different about him. So as the matchup itself, I'm very intrigued to see what this matchup is like because we could talk about Shemayev, uh and his wrestling being absolutely elite. We could talk about his striking hitting very, very hard, you know, knocking out Mershart the way he did. Um... And, you know, kind of 
picking up Jing Liang and you know doing what he wanted with him basically after after about a COVID and all of that. And we can we can talk about all that, but I, I, I'll say it again: he's never done it at that level. Whereas if you look at Gilbert Burns, he. You know, he almost knocked out Kamaru Usman at the, the very, very top level. He has wrestled and gone, you know, gone into jiu-jitsu battles and won them against some of the, the very best in the world and in multiple weight classes. You know, and obviously, you know, finding his home now at 170 has obviously been uh, the best thing for him. Um, I, I, look, look. What I think will happen, I think Shimaev's wrestling will just be too much. Honestly, I think he'll be able to take him down. I think he'll land some really, really hard shots on top. And Shimaev is the type of guy as well who he will overwhelm, 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 overwhelm for however long it takes to stop someone. Now, that's going to be tough against Gilbert Burns. It's going to be really, really tough. And it's pr- he's probably going to have to find something else because Gilbert will probably... You know, it, whether he's able to threaten with submissions from the bottom or threaten with, you know, threaten with submission to get a submission or threaten with a submission to sweep from the bottom, Gilbert Burns is not going to sit there and just take it from <laughs> Shemaev. He, now, he might have much choice if Shemaev gets a, a dab and does, uh, works the way he works. But look, this is, this, look, this is a fight I'm going to break down and go, this could happen, this could happen, this could happen. This is the, this is the joy of it. This is the jive. And if anyone tells you they know what's going to happen in this, they're they're a bullshit artist. And, you know, <laughs> I get to my, my betting show later on in the week and maybe I'll have a bet for it. So I'll be doing a bit of bullshit myself. But this is that fight, right? That you go into, maybe you, you know, maybe you're like me and you think Shemaev is one of the best in the world and you think he's going to walk it. Although I think Shemaev is one of the best in the world and I don't think he's going to walk it for Cesar. Uh, or you know, maybe you think ah, Shemaev is all hype. Gilbert Burns is, has proven it at the very top level. This guy is legit, legit, legit. And he's going to you know stop the train or whatever it might be. So someone's going to find out something, lads. Someone is going to find out something. I'm really intrigued to see how it goes. In the striking, I'm also intrigued as well because it's hard to know... Um, when you're Shemaev, right? What was the fight the other day? Uh, the, it was in cage wars, the Justin Burlinson fight against Skiba. This guy is Skiba is a really, really good wrestler, and he lands a lot of strikes because he can do that. We've seen it down through the years with lots of different fighters. You know, even, even someone like a GSP or someone like a Johnny Hendricks is a very good example. When he was coming up through uh, the ranks at welterweight, he was knocking lads out because they were kind of afraid of his wrestling, leaving shots up. And look at Habib versus McGregor in the second round, wasn't it? Where he almost, you know, where he knocked down McGregor or stumbled him badly at least anyway. And, um, and a lot of that was to do with the fear of the wrestling. I wonder how much of Shemaev's, you know, good striking and his ability to knock lads out is down to his really good wrestling. And... Will Gilbert Burns mind too much about being taken down? Like, very few people actually want to take Gilbert Burns down because of how good his jiu-jitsu is. So that's it. I think that leads to a more intriguing striking matchup. And if Gilbert... Look, let's say Gilbert Burns, right? He decides, right? If I'm taken down, I'm taken down. I have ways around it. I'm going to use my jiu-jitsu. I'm going to do whatever I'm going to need to do. Whether it works or not, if he convinces himself of that and strikes normally on the feet, I'd be very interested then... With, with that proviso that Gilbert Burns is striking like he would normally strike, I'm very interested to see how that striking matchup between Burles and Shemaev would go because Burns is very, very good, I think. That big left hand, big power shot. He can jab, he can do it all. I love the way he hits to the body at times as well. And, you know, he is a threat of a takedown as well against most guys. Now, will he have that against Shemaev? Maybe not. But 
that's the fight that I don't think we've seen Shamayev in yet, if you get me. Like, we've seen people strike with him, but how many of those people have been completely nervous about being taken down while striking? If Gilbert Burns isn't nervous about that big takedown, will he be as nervous? Uh, will he be better at the striking than, say, other people are? Now, he will be because he's a better fighter than all the other people that uh, Shamayev has fought. But that, to me, that's one of the standout things here, I think, that I'd be looking for coming into this fight. That's one of the things that I think might might play a factor into a win for Gilbert Burns if he does get the win. Now, look, I would say the most likely trajectory is Hamzat picking him up, putting him on the ground and him landing lots of shots. But you know what? I'll say it again. Easier said to do it against Gilbert Burns. This is a, an absolutely fascinating fight and I absolutely can't wait for it to happen. It uh, It's it's going to be great. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. Um, Before I move on to the next fight... Just a quick shout out again from uh, BetUS.com. Um, UFC two seven three will be absolutely more fun with BetUS.com. Use the code that code uh, Sherdog and get one hundred and twenty five percent bonus up to two thousand five hundred dollars. Absolutely incredible! I'll talk about Volkanovski in a second, but he's the clear favor of the Korean Zombie. So get in now or even choose to bet uh, on a win via TKO KO. Increase your winnings at BetUS.com. You can make the fights even more fun by betting through the fights. Start the fight at BetUS.com and use the code Sherdog. Dog right now when you're signing up so Ian Gary um obviously I talked to Ian the other day I talked to Ian before all of his fights uh every, like every literally every single one of his professional fights I talked to him before he made his pro debut I even talked to him before one fight that was cancelled so I've had more interviews with him than he's had fights and it's great and look for a time I actually didn't say this to him on the interview because we, I went like 10 minutes over my time as, as us uh, dirty journalists did to do but there was a couple of fights there and I mentioned him in a previous interview and he left his team in Ireland in Team KF. He went over to train in Sanford MMA. And there was one fight where he literally had no corner. He had to get Paul Hughes, uh, one of the other top prospects coming out of Ireland, to corner him for his cage where his title fight against Jack Grant. He was only a few wet weeks over in Sanford MMA for his debut. He wasn't bedded in yet. And I feel like my two interviews with him and him around those two fights were not the same Ian Gary if anyone knows Ian Gary and I've as I said I talked to him multiple times he's a fun vivacious happy you know just a lovely lad a real lovely lad and it, not to say he wasn't a lovely lad around then but it felt like he was there was a bit of negativity around him but I feel like that's gone now I talking to him this week he just seemed happy he was talking about being out in Florida in the sun he was playing golf more you know he's been playing golf more he's like saying everyone in Ireland is jealous of him in the sun and it's freezing cold over here which you know you can't, you can't disagree with him with that one but I think Ian Gary is one of those things one of those fighters that you've heard people say before a happy fighter is a good fighter and I think that will be the case with Ian Gary another thing that I loved that he said to me in that interview was uh, I asked like I asked him straight up what did he think his performance against Jordan Williams and you'd be able to listen to it and, and maybe put in the clip or something but he said it was a terrible performance or something like that and that, I was delighted to hear that because Show you know, show me someone who wins a fight and is unhappy with their performance, and I'll show you a winner. I re I that is one thing. Or you know, even someone the, the silver medalist at the Olympics, you know, and and they hate they take off that medal and they're mad. That's a winner to me, you know. And and, and Ian Gary won that fight, and he's still hate no and everything like that. But winning a fight like that knowing what went wrong, seeing what went wrong immediately, and knowing you have to improve, I think is a massive thing. And 
He's with Sanford MMA now. You know, he had a very good team over in Ireland with Team KF. They have done great things recently. Cage Warriors there last Friday night. They had loads of good wins. So they have a very good team. So, no, absolutely no disrespect to, to, to them and all. I'm sure if he was still with them, he'd be doing great things as well. But in Sanford MMA, you're training with Gilbert Burns. He was telling me about Cameron Usman being uh, on the mats a couple of weeks ago. Um, one of my favourite fighters, Jason Jackson, is over there. Logan Storley fighting for the Bellator title only in... What is it? It's only a few weeks away now. So those guys are all preparing. And, you know, I'm probably leaving out 50. Go for Cynthia Luca, who's fighting next week. I think he's there as well. And a multitude of, of other people uh, in that gym. You know, um, Cyborg, uh, the the great jiu-jitsu artist uh, from, from back in the day. He's in the gym as well. And I saw Ian was training with him a few, um, probably a few months ago now at this stage. But... That is that is the start of training, you know, at your weight class as well. It's not, it's not only, you know, he's not in there with flyweights or heavyweights or anything like that. All, you know, middleweights, welterweights, lightweights, it's mostly welterweights, all the ones I named there. That is unbelievable training for a guy who has an elite uh, athleticism from what I've looked at him. Very big, very strong, very quick. Like I actually didn't get a chance to to ask him, but I, I like I feel like Ian Gary doesn't have long left at welterweight. Honestly, I feel like okay, he probably has a couple of years, but I think he'll be a middleweight. He's just too big, and he's he, it's not it's not that he's tall. Like I've interviewed you know, MVP as well, and you stand like I'm six foot three, and MVP towers above <laughs> above me. I'm like, how does this guy make one seventy? And Ian Gary as well, way taller than me. But Ian Gary, like look at his MVP is kind of. The ten leg, legs, and he's a slight kind of guy. Ian Gary's a big, strong guy, and for that weight class against Darian Weeks as well, the fight I'll talk about now, um, it's it's going to be tough for Darian Weeks based on size alone. I think um, Darian is five foot eleven, if I'm not mistaken. I'm watching his fight, and I think that's what came up. Let me just check here again. Yeah, five foot eleven, and Ian. Uh, let me see what it says here officially, but um, it says 6'3". I would think Ian is a little bit bigger than 6'3", if we're, if we're being honest there. So that's going to be a big advantage, a big size advantage as well. I'm very interested to see how Ian comes in here, uh, how he's prepared in terms of his game plan for this fight, because it's an interesting one. Watching Darian Weeks, he is a guy who is, you know, they talked in the commentary about his wrestling all the time in that Brian Barbarena fight. I went back to watch some of his old fights. It's actually one of those guys that's hard to find fights in him, but you know, we saw enough in that Barbarina fight. He got a great takedown in the second round. He wrapped around the body, took the leg out from under him, tripped him. And you could see when it was on the ground, the good control he had there and some good ground and pound. But Weeze to me is a very, very... Uh, he's the type of fighter I kind of like as well in terms of he's smart, intelligent. Everything he does, he's thought about it. Um, he fights from the outside a lot and counters, tries to land a power. Not the fastest guy in the world, I would say, but he does a lot of kicking from the outside. You'll see him throwing straight kicks right up through the middle. And I think he'll throw a lot of them against Ian Gary as well, so as to try to diminish the, the height, range, reach advantage of Ian Gary and force Ian to come in so he can counter him either with a takedown or with a big strike inside. Whereas for Ian, I think he'll be trying to kind of take a step inside those kicks where he has an advantage in lint and where he'll be able to jab him to the body, jab him to the nose and kind of dance away outside him because Weeks isn't the type of guy who'll go looking for you. Now, you know, maybe he'll change things up and fight that way against Ian Gary. He's only six fights into his career. So, you know... Some some fighters fight differently in all their different fights. Some fight, fighters fight differently, obviously, for different sort of opponents. Or, or you know, we'll see something from them this quickly into our this um, uh, you know, early in their career that we've never seen before. But from what we have seen, 
I think Ian will try to use his speed. I think he'll try to fight on the outside. Jab, 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 jab. Break that nose. Hurt him from the outside and land shots there. I, uh, the last one we saw, obviously, he let Jordan Williams come in, countered him and knocked him out like that. I don't think he'll be doing that against Darian Meeks. I think this will be a more offensive game for Ian Gary. You could see head kicks from the outside. Even like a few low kicks, use that advantage, use that lint, you know, keep that, you know, keep that face intact yourself and, and bust up his as you're doing it. Um, and with his size advantage, with his skill advantage in the striking, I think he should be able to do that. And, uh, you know, I, I haven't seen the odds yet, but I would guess Ian Gary will be a big favorite uh, in this one. And I'm looking forward to, to seeing what is next for him. I think it'll be a big year. You know, he, he's been kind of. You know, he has been out of the limelight a little bit since he won the last fight. Like, if you're comparing it to Paddy Pimblett, like, Paddy's all over the place. He's with Barstool. He's doing this, that, and the other. Um, whereas Ian won the fight, won it impressively. Did, you know, did a couple of interviews and stuff like that. But he did an interview with Ariel, I think, back in the day. He did an interview with me. Uh, or, sorry, back after the fight, he did an interview with me. And maybe he's done someone else in between. Maybe he's done one or two. But he hasn't been all over the place anyway. I think everyone would would, would agree with that. And... I think that's a good thing. Honestly, I think that's a good thing. Concentrating your fighting, concentrating your improving, concentrating your, you know, your your new life. He's just after getting married as well, moving country, new gym. That's a lot to concentrate on. You don't need every other distraction in there as well. So, big time for Ian Gary. Looking forward to seeing how he goes in there. Right, let's talk about the two title fights. Before that, I want to give a quick mention to McGinsey Dern versus Tisha Torres. I'm interested to see how this fight goes. This is one of the ones I find it hard to break down, like... I think Tisha Torres will be very, very fast and very hard to take down and very hard for Mackenzie Dern to kind of get on top of and submit her. Um, I, you know, I could see Tisha Torres winning by decision here. That That's uh, an interesting one. Aspen Ladd as well. Raquel Pennington, two very big fights in, uh, you know, 115, uh, the women's division, 135 as well. Obviously, Aspen Ladd was... Um, well, it was due on this card to fight Irina Aldana, which was probably a genuine number one contender fight in that division. Uh, and Raquel Pennington is a big, big opportunity for her. So looking forward to, to seeing that as well. Marco Madsen, who's 11-0 in his career, he's a guy who's getting on in age. He needs to start winning fights. He's fighting uh, Vince Pache- Well, not winning fights. He's been winning all these fights. But you know what I mean. He needs to start going to that next level and, and taking his career on. Fighting Vince Pichel will be a, would be a big win for him. And, you know, a very good card from top to bottom. Julio Ars is on the card against Daniel Santos, Kay Hansen, uh, Alexi Holnick is uh, fighting now Jared Vandera. He was supposed to fight, obviously, um, Ilir Latifi a few weeks ago. Didn't he was supposed to fight him in this card? And that fight is out now. Actually, just before I recorded this, uh, a couple of uh, a couple of days maybe, Kelvin Gastelum versus Drickus Tupacy is off as well. So, uh, you know, we never know. Maybe some of the fights I'm talking about now are already off by the time this comes out. But that's that's the world of MMA, and that's uh, these things happen in MMA. So let's talk quickly about the the two main car fights and the two title fights. Um, I leave Jan versus Sterling to the end because I, f- I feel like that's the one I have maybe the most to say. Whereas the Volkanovski Chan Sung Jung fight. Um, Look, I went back and I watched a few uh, Korean zombie fights, and look, we, there, there's probably no need. I've watched him so many times at this stage. We we know what he's we know what he's good at. He takes his opportunities. He comes forward. He lands lots of shots. He takes lots of shots himself at times, but he be, he can come through him. He can fight in all areas. You know, he's a few takedowns if he needs them. Obviously, we we've seen his jujitsu with um. Uh, you know, in the uh, Leonard Garcia fight with the uh, with the twister and all that, we've seen him obviously down through the years having um having lots of success in, in lots of different areas of, of lots of different fights. Um, 
you know, recently obviously fought Danny Gay back in the, the summer of last year, lost to Brian Ortega before that, and it was back in 2019 that Frank Edgar fight, who I actually watched this week, and look, it, it says more maybe about Frankie than anything else that fight, he just kind of ran through Frankie, um, and it was, you know, I fought my, my cannon beat him before that, and then it was the Yair Rodriguez fight, so it's hard to know, I think, where the Korean zombie is right now, um, that look the Daniga fight is obviously a very good win in that division, but I don't think Daniga is right there at the very top. Although I have a lot of respect for Daniga, I think he's a I think he's a tremendous fighter. Actually, probably a little bit underrated. But when you're going in there against Volkanovski, like he wouldn't have been getting this shot. I think we all agree with that. Unless Max Holloway pulled out, and then the fight was cancelled, and and you know put a little bit down the line. May, look, is that advantage or is it a, a disadvantage for him? At 35 years of age, or is it an advantage or a disadvantage for Volkanovski, who uh, was supposed to fight back in... Um, it's only a month, I suppose. It is only a month, but it was cancelled a little bit before that. He fought at the uh, in September of last year, so he's had, what, seven months off? Which is probably, you know, probably a good thing. Although he has had long gaps between his fights and he's kind of used to it. So maybe, maybe, it's, maybe it's 50-50. Maybe it doesn't make much of a difference, honestly, coming in here. But look... I, I don't have a massive breakdown for this fight, except that I think Volkanovski is probably just going to better him in, in all areas, honestly. Um, I think Volkanovski is just going to be too quick with his striking. I think in the clinch positions as well, if it gets there at any time, which I think it will, with, with a guy especially like Chan Sung Jung, who will come in and try to strike with Volkanovski and try to maybe get on top of him in the striking, in the close striking realm to kind of, push him against the cage or try to work him out a little bit like that especially if Volkanovski is winning uh, the striking exchanges like that I, I feel like Volkanovski is very strong and is able to push off and look on the ground as well if, if it does go there we saw how good his defensive jiu-jitsu is against Brian Ortega and was it the fourth round where he almost had him won the rounds of the of the, the round of the year for last year I think everyone would nearly agree with that so uh, look it's it's a fight it's a fight going back watching both guys that once you realize the level that Volkanovski has gotten to and the level of people he has beaten, I think it's hard to pick Chan Sung Jung in this fight. But Volkanovski is one of those guys, right? Where it's, I, I think it's hard to understand how good he is, if you get me. Because he doesn't do anything spectacular. Like, if you look, his last squad, four fights, Holloway, Holloway, Aldo and Ortega. Obviously, the Holloway, the two in the middle. All been decisions, two of them very close. One, one split decision against Aldo, but obviously very close in that one as well. And okay, he knocked out Chad Mendes before that, uh, and then you're going down to Elkins Kennedy. So at the top level, he's gone to the decision in every one of his fights, but against really, really top good fighters, you know, Aldo Holloway twice and, and Ortega, and you know, Ortega, we've seen what Ortega looked like when he came back from that timeout. That is top, top level stuff. Um, and maybe we don't appreciate him further. Like, I, I see some pound-for-pound pound lists out there, and I don't know, maybe, maybe even the shorter, maybe I'm giving out to the lads like that, but I think Volkanovski should be right up there. Like, I think he should be over Adesanya and others like that, because not only his ability, but his level of competition as well. You know, it was something that people always gave out about Demetrius Johnson for. I, I, no, I think his level of competition was a lot better than people made out when he's beaten the likes of Haraguchi and Benavidez and Cejudo and others like that. But I digress on that one. But you don't get much better than Holloway twice, Jose Aldo and Brian Ortega, especially if you're a middleweight. <laughs> you know, you're not you're not beating guys that good if you're fighting a middleweight. There's just they don't exist there. Uh unless it's you know, unless you're beating Adesanya a couple of times. Uh but uh, he can't beat himself. Um so yeah, I, I think look, the whole point there is 
it's hard, it's hard unless, you know, unless you're a Patrick Wyman or a Luke Thomas or someone like that who's breaking down the very intricacies of the uh, of the beautiful striking of Volkanovski and his, you know, his his quick movements inside, his feints, his, uh, you know, his kind of double jabs to the body and his shots up the top, which I love watching. And, you know, I could spend an hour probably breaking him down and go and watch, uh, you know, 20 of his fights or however many fights he's had and talk about it all like that. But I like to talk about kind of the outside and the, the the overall view of the fight, how it's seen to like the layman, even maybe not the the uh, you know the, the intricacies of the uh, of the uh, the detailed and uh, and analyst 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 analyst. There you go, pundit analyst. I got it. I got it out. I nearly that one nearly went badly wrong. And for that, for that outside kind of view, for that overview, maybe Volkanovski. It's as simple to say this. He's very good, and I think he'll win the fight. Uh, by just being the better fighter overall, but not that's you know I I don't mean I hope I'm not coming off as negative to Chan Sung Jung or anything like that in there because he is very very good as well. Right, let's talk about the Mantemoy title fight. And I went back and I watched this fight first. First of all, I don't know what I said at the time now, and someone could bring this back to me. But God Almighty, did Aljamain Sterling play that up or what? And now I'm look, I'm all for the sport being safe, and I've talked about it for years and everything like that, and. Uh, there was no doubt though. He, he definitely played up. Like he's even kind of playing it up himself now, saying he won the Oscar and all. So I think I think it's a, I think it's fair game. I think it's fair game at this stage. But maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe I've gone too far. But uh, he definitely played up. But in that fight itself, obviously I haven't watched it back. It was a very interesting fight because I look. I said it lots of times, and I said it with the uh, Aldo versus Font fight, and even you know Kaikara France recently. Uh, in that uh, in that great win he had um, over Askar Askarov, the ability to change in the middle of the fight and to change things up and take it from somewhere where you're losing a technical fight or you're losing a ta- tactical fight, sorry, not technical fight, a tactical fight to go and be winning it is a massive thing. Now, Yan has done that in almost all of his fights. It feels like Yan purposefully loses like half a round to see what you're good at and then just takes you apart and doesn't allow you to be good at it anymore i don't know if i don't know if other people agree with that or not but that like that's how it felt against aldo a little bit that's how it felt in in this first fight now obviously we know what happened with the with the illegal knee and and the disqualification all that but you know that we're talking about the next fight we're talking about the tactics of the fight here so we can we can leave that aside for a while um I find it very hard to see how Aljamain Sterling can fight better than he did at the start of that first round and keep it going throughout the five rounds unless he gets the finish early. And like, if you're if you're Aljamain Sterling's uh, coach and you look back at that fight and you're very, very honest with yourself, maybe that's the move. You know, maybe the move for Aljamain Sterling is go all out all out for an early finish whether it's a takedown try to get him down and try to submit him now anyone who's watched the uh, Magomed Magomedov fights is Magomed Magomedov the right name it is the, the guy in Belhar it, it is it is the and I watched those 10 rounds I think maybe three times now at this stage um if they fought twice we see what Jan is like <laughs> as a takedown artist or as a, a def- sorry defending takedowns against the takedown artist you can get him down sometimes, but it's hard, damn hard to keep him down. But maybe early, maybe that's the way you do it for Aljamain Sterling. Like, look, if Aljo can fight the way he fought early in that fight, bring the pressure, bring the pace, keep going for five rounds, and keep fighting that way and keep winning that way, look, he'll win the fight. 
but can you do that against Yan? Like when Yan starts landing those double jabs to the body, when he comes with those hard right hands over the top, can you keep doing it? The massive, massive, massive problem for Aljamain Sterling is as well. He lands 10 shots, right? And he's winning, he's winning, he's winning. And Yan lands one, and then Yan is winning. You know, and you know, I, I, I'll badger on about the judging criteria all the time again. That's how you win fights via the judging criteria. You don't win with 10 punches. You win with one impactful one. And that is a thing that's very, very hard to live up with against Peter Yan. Look, these fights invariably go to a close decision. You know, now, okay, it could be a finish. Nine, not, not nine times out of 10, but a lot of the time, just spoke about Volkanovski. He's last four fights of all gone to decision. If you look at like historically some of the biggest fights between the two between the more the two most technical people in the divisions, they go along, they go to a decision. If this one goes to a decision, no, I'm not saying it will, but if it does, that power advantage that Yan has, or at least a perceived power advantage, and you know, I, th- I think it's more than perceived, I think it is a power advantage, that will win him rounds, you know, and that will win him fights. And against most other people, Aljamain Sterling would probably have that advantage, you know, whether it's with the power of the strikes or whether it's with his ability to take guys down and land vicious ground and pound or put him in peril with uh, very, very good um, submissions. But Peter Yan, Peter Yan, he, you know, there was a one stage during that first round. Obviously, you know, he hurt him towards the end and stuff. But he landed one right hand and it was maybe, it was maybe two and a half minutes in. I didn't write it down, now, but it was a good bit in. And Sterling had been winning and it was just like, well... Sterling can't land a shot on Yan like Yan just landed on Sterling, unless, you know, it's the, the Marilyn Moraes knee knockout sort of a shot. He just can't do that, and that's a massive advantage for Yan. And I think that also, if you're being truthful, if you're prepara- uh, preparing Aljamain Sterling, or if you're Aljamain Sterling yourself, I think being truthful to, to talk about that, going through a decision, and talk about uh, how Yan winning the fight in that manner, I think maybe... You know, going for that finish. And it's not like he won't be going for the finish, but you know what I mean. You know, your plan is to finish the fight. I honestly, I think that is probably the way forward for Aljamain Sterling because I find it very hard to see him out-tacticking or out-techniquing uh, Peter Yan. I see it, I, I find it very hard to see him out cardoing Peter Yan and I find it impossible to see him out-pointing Peter Yan. So, you know, it's oh, it's a fight I'm really looking forward to. I'm looking forward, look, it's the start of one. No one expects expects Aljamain Sterling to win this, and no one look. I actually picked him for the first one, so it, it's not it's not as if you know I'm you know a massive Peter Yan fan. And I don't like Sterling. I'm a fan of both of these guys. I think they're both very very good fighters, top level fighters. I wonder can Sterling change something, or if he's seen something in the first fight, or can adjust on something in the first fight to make this fight closer to do something else to 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 uh, you know to um, uh, to get closer to Yan in, in some areas. That, to me, is a very interesting part in this. If he can, we're in for a classic. And if he can't, I think Jan will will maybe run away with it in the end. But look, it's one I'm really, really looking forward to. And I absolutely, I absolutely can't wait. Um, so, yeah, we, we will leave it at that. But I, I must say, before we uh, before we finish, I must ask you who you're betting with at UFC 273. Because, uh, you know, can the Korean zombie do it, as I talked about earlier? Can he beat the odds and defeat Volkanovski? Or do you see the Australian winning by uh, TKO as a given? Get your bets on this weekend at BetUS.com. Use the code SHERDOG to get 125% bonus. BetUS.com has been taking bets for well over 25 years. And there's a reason it's the number 
one UFC sportsbook with more betting options, live betting at games. BetUS.com is your new home for UFC betting. Start the fight at BetUS.com. Use that code SHERDOG, S-H-E-R-D-O-G. Right, everyone, let's uh, leave it there for today. My name is Sean Sheehan for SHERDOG.com. Use that code SHERDOG over at BetUS.com again, and I'll see you all next time.